Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me in the Betters Box. This is BangTheBook.com's MLB Betting Podcast for Thursday, May 7th. I am your host, Adam Burke. This and every edition of the Betters Box presented by our friends over at DSI Sportsbook. BTB and the number 200 is that promo code. 100% deposit match bonus for the Sportsbook. 100% deposit match bonus for the live casino at BetDSI. It's only a game until you bet it. I guess I probably shouldn't call this bangthebook.com's MLB betting podcast because right now it's our KBO betting podcast. Still waiting on Major League Baseball, the return of the Major Leagues, maybe coming July 1st here. That seems to be the latest rumor. Some teams being told to get ready for spring training starting in early June, then maybe a July 1st start date to the Major League Baseball season. We'll see how that goes. We'll continue to follow that in the lead up to what we hope is some of America's summer pastime here. But in any event, we're covering the KBO over at bangthebook.com, and I'll be doing a lot of KBO stuff here on the betters box over the next several weeks as well. UFC 249 preview up over at the website. We'll be previewing all of the UFC events, so keep an eye out over at bangthebook.com. NASCAR comes back May 17th at Darlington. We'll have previews of that and all the NASCAR races. We'll do the Cup Series and the Xfinity Series, we don't do the Truck Series over at bangthebook.com, but we will be doing the Cup Series and the Xfinity Series. Probably get something written up for you here on that charity Skins game May 17th with Rory, DJ, Fowler, and Wolf. That's at Seminole Golf Club down in Florida. Uh, we'll be covering all the sports when they get back here, whenever that ends up being. And we'll also be doing horse racing. Got a good turf race coming up here on Saturday at Gulfstream Park. Uh, War of Will in that one. So we'll go ahead and talk about that one over at bangthebook.com here uh, with a write-up probably tomorrow morning for that horse race down at Gulfstream Park on the turf this weekend. So you know what? I'm going to go ahead and bring back my traditional format for the betters box. Happy to be doing this finally. So we'll go beyond the box score, talk about some observations and some things here from the games in the KBO that were most recently completed. I'll go over some pitchers to watch. Five guys, five domestic pitchers that are very much on my radar here in the KBO. We'll go down the lines, talk about some line movements from the first three days of games, and I'll give you some thoughts as we head on into the weekend here as well. And I guess first we might as well go ahead and start by saying that, look, I mean, these are challenging handicaps. This is a challenging market unless you've been following it intimately over the last several years. I've made a lot of inferences. I've made a lot of conclusions and deductions based on my research coming into the season. A lot of the things I've kind of looked at here, you know, walk rates have been very important to me. Whip, walks and hits per innings pitched. Uh, And then also walks and hits per inning pitched. Then obviously, you know, just sort of trying to get a feel for this league in general. The guys that can have success, the guys that don't. Looking a lot at command profiles based on extra base hits. Because, you know, again, I mean, last year we saw a big dejuicing of the baseball. Home runs were down about 40% last year from what they were in 2018. So we're still trying to get some data on what the baseball is going to look like for this year. It's a learning process first and foremost. And, you know, I'm doing an article. I'm getting some run with that article, getting some run on social media, which is all great. And I'm very happy for that. And I hope a lot of people tune into this week's edition of the Betters Box here as well. But the thing of it is, look, I'm not betting significant amounts on these games. I mean, 
I'm trying to figure this stuff out as we go. A lot of people have commended me on the write-up so far, and I appreciate that. But there's still a lot of unknown. You know, I unless it's a a foreign hitter, I don't know most of these guys. There are a couple of guys that have played in the major leagues and have since gone back over to Korea. Uh, Hunsin Koo, uh, Hun Soo Kim of the Baltimore Orioles, one of those guys. But on the whole, a lot of these guys are just domestic-born hitters trying to see, you know, which teams are embracing uh, proper lineup construction, stuff like that. So a lot of learning going on here with this league in the early going, trying to take advantage of what I think is a pretty immature betting market at this point in time. Six and four to this point, just under a unit of profit so far. After a 3-0 and opening day, that's pretty disappointing. But again, learning something with each bet I make, with each game that I follow, with each game that I handicap right here at bangthebook.com. We've also seen a number of bullpen games as well, and primarily those coming from the LG Twins, who don't have Casey Kelly or Tyler Wilson. They are on quarantine right now. But LG hasn't been the only team that's been going through some of these bullpen games here. And these aren't like traditional opener scenarios that we've seen in Major League Baseball over the last couple of years. This is just, you know, really trying to run guys out there, trying to cobble these games together in the early going. Remember, only six preseason games for these teams here. And like I mentioned a couple of times in my article already, you know, I'm surprised that the starters have been as stretched out as they have. I know Kiwum, for example, they've taken it a little bit easy with their foreign pitchers, the guys that maybe aren't used to hitting the ground running right away like some of these Korean pitchers are. So, again, a lot of moving parts, a lot of things to watch here in this league. Now, the Thursday results are in, and, of course, these games, 5.30 a.m. Eastern time during the week. We've got some 4 a.m. Eastern time games coming up here over the weekend. And, of course, day games are going to be about 1 a.m. Eastern time uh, for the KBO here. But all five games went over the total on Thursday after four of the five went under on Wednesday and opening day was a two, two and one day as far as most, as far as the consensus closing lines went for the totals. So what I've seen so far here is that the offense looks really streaky. We're seeing lots of long stretches with zero runs for teams. We're seeing them kind of score, you know, two, three, four, five runs at a time in some of these innings. Then they'll go scoreless for a while. And this makes sense. Unlike Major League Baseball, where you've got this big home run barrage, where you can get a walk and a dinger in pretty much any inning or get a couple of solo home runs, something like that, a lot of the innings in this league have to be manufactured. So you're going to go through really streaky periods for these offenses because if they're getting guys on base, they're probably going to cash in those opportunities. If they're not, Well, then it's hard because you're not seeing a lot of solo home runs in the KBO. At least we didn't last year. Home runs up a little bit here this year. I'll talk about that in a minute. But you will see a lot of multi-run innings and then a lot of dead periods where nothing really happens. That just feels like it's going to be the MO for this league over the course of the season. Now, as I mentioned on Thursday, all five games went over the total. And we had 109 hits across the five games on Thursday. One of the big takeaways I had from doing preseason research with the KBO is that the drop-off from the front of the rotation foreign starters to the domestic middle and back-end guys is substantial. 
And in fact, we saw a lot of relievers kind of struggle on Thursday as well. Guys working back-to-back days, guys working for a second time in three days. Because, you know, for the starters, at least they've got four pitches. They can kind of cycle through their things, figure out what's working and what's not, make adjustments on the fly. For the relievers, they come out there, and it's from zero to 60. You know, you don't have time to settle in. You don't have time for that margin for error. So that may be something that we kind of see here early on in the season is that some of these relievers working back-to-backs, two and threes, three and fours, that didn't get the chance to really do that in the lead-up to the season are probably going to struggle. But predominantly, what Thursday was largely a byproduct of is that the domestic starters in this league are not very good, especially in relation to the foreign starters that are out there. So we're going to see really three different baselines for totals. We're going to see probably seven and a halves and eights for the foreign-born starters if there's two of them going against each other in a game. We're going to see eight and eight and a halves juice to the under when you've got one domestic starter, one foreign-born starter. Unless the domestic starter isn't good at all, then maybe you get eight and a half over-juiced, maybe a, a low nine with the under-juiced, something like that. But I think as we keep going here, when we've got two domestic pitchers on the mound, especially after Thursday's results, I think we see nine and a halfs, we see tens. I don't know if we see ten and a halfs necessarily at the outset, but I do think that is something we could see once the summer rolls around. So two foreign pitchers, you're going to see probably some seven and a halfs and some eights. You're going to see eight, eight and a half, maybe a low nine when you've got one foreign guy and one domestic guy. And then nine, nine and a half, and ten when you've got two domestic pitchers on the mound. So that's how the totals will kind of set up here for this league based on what we've already seen so far and just kind of you know what I've inferred from the things I've looked at with my preseason research here. Now, like I said, there will be offensive ebbs and flows where we'll see when two foreign starters are going against each other, we'll see a lot of low-scoring games. And then when two domestic starters are going, we'll see a lot of high-scoring games. And when you look at the foreign pitchers through the first two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, of this 2020 KBO season, a 2.83 ERA, a 101 whip in 76 innings of work, 60 strikeouts against 22 walks. Now, Chris Flexen was okay on Thursday, six innings, three runs, seven hits, struck out six. David Buchanan was not. He did not pitch well for Samsung, six innings, five earned, six hits, gave up a home run, only struck out two. Buchanan is going to be one of the exceptions of the foreign pitchers here. He will probably be a guy to fade. He was not good in the Nippon Professional Baseball League or their second division last year. He doesn't miss bats, has poor stuff. If you want to fade a foreign pitcher, Buchanan will probably be the guy, maybe William Cuevas, maybe Raul Alcantara. Maybe those are the three guys you look to go against. But the You know, North American guys, the guys that pitched in the major leagues got some extensive time there or pitched a lot in AAA. Those guys will probably end up being pretty good. Buchanan is the exception to that rule. Did not pitch well in his first start, and I don't think that he's going to take all that well to this league in general. Road teams 12-3 and to start the year, 4-1 and each day. Hanwha and the Lata Giants were the two teams on the road. That actually played pretty well for the most part. Uh, you know, Lotta actually winds up with the uh, the sweep of KT Wiz there. 
But, you know, the road teams actually did very, very well overall here to start the season. So that's something you want to take a close look at here just because the better teams are going to be the better teams regardless of where the games are played. So that is something that will kind of be on my radar a little bit here as we go forward. And again, obviously, you know, we don't have any home field advantage here in this league. So that is something that you do want to keep in mind a little bit is that, you know, I don't know how much the fan bases matter in this. I imagine they matter quite a bit because, I mean, this is a, a very uh, exciting league, to say the least. A lot of bat flips, a lot of personalities, stuff like that. But early on in the process here, everyone's getting accustomed to the fact that they're not playing with fans. So I don't know how much the crowd factors matter. Maybe this week it was just a simple fact that the better teams were on the road and the better teams wound up doing very well here for this week. We saw 10 home runs on Tuesday, 12 on Wednesday, 6 on Thursday. So that's a lot of dingers. 28 home runs here over the first three games. That's a big increase from what we saw in the first three games last season. And as I just mentioned, a lot of foreign pitchers getting the starts here over these first three days. And even some of those guys giving up some long balls. So what I'm kind of thinking here so far... Maybe the baseball is a little bit different. Maybe the baseball is a little bit more tuned for offense than it was last season. We're going to need a lot more data to definitively make that conclusion. But I do think that the ball is playing a little bit differently here at the outset of the season. Now, this may also just simply be the fact that pitchers didn't have a lot of reps to get ready for the season. As I mentioned, only the six preseason games Basically one tune-up start for each guy. So maybe it's that. Maybe the command profiles just haven't come around as of yet. But I do think the baseball looks to maybe be playing a little bit differently. We'll watch that closely here as we go throughout the rest of the KBO season. Uh, Samsung does appear to be the best hitters park, at least as far as home runs go. Nine home runs in the three games there. Because I mentioned 28 overall here through the first 15 games. Again, it's just something to follow a little bit as the season goes along here. So as I continue with this beyond the box score portion of the show, let's break down some observations I saw from each respective series here over the first three days of the KBO. And of course, the big story here in the KBO so far, the KT Wiz getting swept by the Lockta Giants over those first three games. Now, the Giants were the worst team in the KBO last year by a large margin. But the Giants have embraced a lot of those Moneyball-esque concepts. They sent some of their pitchers to driveline baseball. They've been doing the weighted ball training. Their GM, I believe Sungmin Kim is his name. I apologize if I'm wrong on that one. Uh, but you know, Kim was in the Cubs organization. Got to learn under Theo Epstein. He's brought a lot of those concepts to the KBO here already with this Lata Giants team. And so, this is probably a team that looks greatly improved here to start the season. Now, of course, we did see some line moves on them, in part because, like Major League Baseball, the expectation here is that all of these teams are on a relatively equal playing field because there wasn't a whole lot of lead-up to the season. And in Major League Baseball, we see a lot of underdog money in March and April anyway. So we get that with the Giants here, and the Giants reward those betters with three victories, scoring 23 runs on 33 hits. 
over those first three games. And the lot of bullpen, which one of the things I read from KB report coming into the season was that the bullpen looks to be very young, could be pretty inconsistent. Ten and two-thirds, three runs, six hits, seven strikeouts, three walks in the series. Give up all three of those runs uh, in one game, I believe the middle game in this series. So the Giants, good hitting, good pitching, good bullpen work. They get the sweep there in this series. And something else that really stood out to me about this series, and with KT Wiz in particular, they're running a guy with a 294 career on base percentage at the top of the order. And the guy second has a 334 on base percentage. League average last year was 337. So I do not like the lineup construction from KT Wiz. Their three through seven are pretty strong. They've got some very good hitters there in the middle of the order, but they don't have the table setters right now. And one of the big things for the Giants in this series, they did have the table setters. Their top two guys, career OBPs of 372 and 363. So they set the table. They got the middle of the order to take advantage of those chances. And that's important because a lot of the top and bottom of the order guys can struggle struggle from a power standpoint in this league. The middle of the order guys are the power guys. You get a more traditional lineup construction in this league than you see in Major League Baseball. And for KT, I don't know what they're doing here with a guy with a sub-300 OBP leading off. They are going to continue to struggle to score runs if they don't change that around. They've got to move some of these middle of the order guys up a little bit. And we saw one of the worst pitching staffs in the league from last season in the Lata Giants really shut KT Wiz down in this series. So for right now, KT Wiz, a difficult team to back. Maybe you play some unders with them. But unless I see something proactive with their lineup construction, I'm going to be really concerned about them as we go forward here. Now, the NC Dinos swept the Samsung Lions. And on the surface, this looks like it was a pretty dominant effort from the Dinos, and maybe it was. However, Samsung in this series, 12 walks, two hit by pitches, and 13 hits. So they had, if you take errors out of the equation, I'm not sure if there were any of those, they had 27 base runners in this series, but they only scored five runs. They hit three solo homers, they scored a run on a wild pitch, and they had a single hit by pitch single sequence that scored a run. So some early negative cluster luck for Samsung, and they did strike out 27 times in this series. That's obviously going to hurt you quite a bit in this league, but they drew walks. They didn't have great success with balls in play, but they drew 12 walks and had a couple of hit by pitches. So don't get too low on this Samsung offense. They do hit for pretty good power overall. They've got a very good park factor. If they get some of that cluster luck turned around a little bit, this offense could be better. So what I'm kind of looking at here is Samsung maybe as an over team as we go forward over the next week, week and a half, just for a little bit of a correction based on the first three games that we saw there. And the Dinos did pitch pretty well overall, but the fact that Samsung didn't cash in those walks and some of their opportunities leads me to believe that they should have better fortunes than what we saw over these first three games. Dusan took two of three from LG here. LG with a five spot in the eighth inning. That was the big difference in game one. 
Doosan scored all five of their runs in the third inning in game two, then scored six unanswered runs in game three, take the rubber match in this series. Something that kind of stood out to me a little bit about Doosan in this series is that last year they led the league in walks and they had 49 more walks than the second place team. They only drew four walks in this series. So maybe a little bit more of an aggressive approach against this LG Twins pitching staff. This is not a good hitter's park uh, for Doosan or LG. They share Jamsil Stadium. But, you know, Doosan was still a very good offensive team last year, in part because they drew a lot of walks. They didn't draw a lot of walks in this series. And, in fact, what we saw is that in Game 1, they struggled offensively. In Game 2, they scored all their runs in one inning. And then in Game 3, they did add on a little bit over the course of the game. But this is a very good offensive team that didn't show a whole lot of discipline in this series. So I'm curious to see what happens with them. It's tough to evaluate LG coming out of this series because, as I've mentioned several times already, they didn't have Casey Kelly. They didn't have Tyler Wilson. Had a couple of bullpen games here in this series. So those are guys in Kelly and Wilson that probably would have started game one and game two for them. Now, what I want to pay close attention to with LG, and this is something I'll talk about more at the end of the show, is that I want to know where they slot Casey Kelly and Tyler Wilson. Because as I've mentioned already, the middle and back-end domestic starters are not very good. So if Kelly and Wilson line up this weekend against domestic starters, I want to see if the market catches on to that. I want to see if the odds makers open those numbers accordingly where LG should get the benefit of the doubt by having foreign-born starters against what will probably be domestic pitchers. So I don't know exactly when their quarantines are over, but whenever that is the case, I want to see where they're slotted and who they wind up going up against. Hanwha with a surprising performance here, taking two of three from SK Wyverns, who was one of the better teams in this league last season. Warwick sopled through that complete game shutout in our on opening day. First one in, I believe, 15 years, 15 or 16 years here in the KBO. He outdueled Nick Kingham in game one. Ricardo Pinto, very good in game two for SK. One run on three hits. Then the SK bullpen really faltered in game three. 28 hits in that game. Both starters dancing around danger for Hanwa, John yeah, excuse me. I tell you, I'm going to butcher so many of these names as I'm doing this. But Yang Shi Huan gave up two runs on nine hits. And then Park Yong Hoon gave up two runs on eight hits. So 17 hits allowed by the two starters, but only four runs. There were six double plays in Thursday's game that kind of limited the run scoring a little bit. Uh, Hanwa maybe a little bit improved here. We'll kind of have to wait and see. But what I do think is possible is that Nick Kingham, even though he didn't get the win in game one, wound up pitching pretty well over his seven innings. There's a good chance that he winds up being the best pitcher in this league by the end of the season. We saw him and Mike Wright make their debuts here in this first series. Two tall guys. And again, you know, these are different things from what a lot of these Korean hitters have seen. A lot of 5'11", 6 foot. 6-1 types of domestic pitchers, you get these guys that are 6-4, 6-5. They're coming from a much different arm slot, different vantage point. They can work up in the zone a little bit. And if you watch a lot of Korean swings, there are a lot of uppercuts to them. A lot of guys that either chop down at the baseball 
or kind of swing with a bit of an uppercut, you can work up in the zone. You could probably have a lot of success here in this league, which I think is something that does kind of separate some of these foreign starters from some of these domestic guys. So Kingham did take money in game one. I think Kingham will take money a lot over his next several starts. So if you want to bet Nick Kingham and SK, you're probably going to have to get in pretty early on that one. Kiwum took two out of three from the Kia Tigers. They were in position for the sweep. I had the run line with Kiwum on Thursday, but their bullpen fell apart. And also their line score with 400 million runs, four in the first, nothing after that. That's never good. You know, you obviously want to add on as much as you can. Four to two game after one, then the Kiwum bullpen falls apart late in that game. But the Kiwum manager is their former pitching coach. And something I thought was really interesting is that while a lot of the starters were unshackled in their first starts, Jeff Brigham and Eric Jokic were not. Those two guys were limited to around 65 pitches. Kiwum used their bullpen a lot. I believe their bullpen got 29 outs over the first two games, I think I wrote. And then, you know, or uh, yeah, I think it was what it was. I think it was 29 outs over the first two games. Then it felt like their bullpen workload really caught up with them in game three. Questionable lineup construction for Kia as well. That was something I kind of looked at. But I noticed that Kiwum in game three on Thursday had a couple of relievers that worked back-to-back days, and both of them struggled. Kim Sang-Soo and Lee Young-Yoon were two guys that worked back-to-back and struggled on the second day. And that's going to be tough to find. You're going to really have to dig to find bullpen usage. You have to do some deep box score study to find these guys working back-to-back days because we just don't have a ton of great resources right now for the KBO. And again, this reliever usage thing is something I'm going to try to keep a very close eye on. Now, as I mentioned here, five domestic pitchers that are on my list to watch here from five different teams, interestingly enough, the first one is a guy that got the start for Kiwum on Thursday. He pitched okay, gave up two runs on nine hits. Choi Wan Tae. Now, what I've kind of found a little bit here is I'm looking at some of these younger starting pitchers in the KBO is that their breakout seasons seem to be around 21 or 22 years of age. What happens in the KBO is that you either start at 18 or 19 when you come out of high school. So it takes a little bit of time. Some guys start as relievers. Some guys are part-time starters, stuff like that. But it takes some time for these guys to get comfortable. Around their age 22 or 23 seasons is about where they figure it all out. For Choi Wante last year, he had his breakout season with a 338 ERA and a 128 whip. In 2018, he was pretty good as well. 391 or 395, excuse me, ERA with a 133 whip, 446 ERA, 131 whip in 2017. So those are his 20, 21, and 22-year-old seasons. Now he's 23. He allowed 19 home runs in 2017, only 13 home runs over 2018 and 2019 combined. So Troy Wante is a guy kind of entering that early prime for a KBO pitcher. He is one of the domestic guys I will look to back for Kiwum here as this season goes along. Next one is Lee Young-Ha of Doosan. Lee last year, age 21 season, 
had the breakout. 364 ERA, 128 whip. Another guy helped by the ball change, confidence, improved command. Very good for Doosan in his first start, six and a third, one earned, five hits. He just turned 22 on November 1st. So this is his age 22 season for Lee Young-ha of Doosan, a guy I think will be very, very good and won't be priced as high for Doosan as their foreign pitchers in all likelihood. So that's a guy I'm keeping a very close eye on as well. Next one here for the KT Wiz, a guy I almost backed on Thursday. Glad I didn't with the KT bullpen falling apart. But Bay Ji Song, breakout season for him last year, 376 ERA, 143 whip. The whip was a little bit high, but only 27 extra base hits allowed in his 131 and two-thirds innings pitched. This is his age 23 season. And over his final 10 starts last year, had a 240 ERA with a 132 whip. So Bay Jay Seong of KT, another one on my list to watch here. And again, if I'm just butcher shopping these names, I completely apologize for that. Next one here for the Lotta Giants is Seo Jun Won. 19 years old, but a very good 2020 debut. Didn't give up an earned run, just five hits over six innings. Now, he will have growing pains. But Lotta, again, using weighted balls in training, they're more in tune with sabermetrics. He's young. He's impressionable. You can work on a guy like him. And I think the Giants can have success with Seo Jun Wan for this season here. I think he could be a big breakout candidate for the Giants in 2020. Finally, the last one here, a guy who pitched today for the NC Dinos, a guy that I wound up betting on, Ku Chang Mo. Again, 23 years old. The breakout at age 22 with a 320 ERA, 118 whip. Very, very good strikeout numbers for this league as well. 415 strikeouts in 423 and two-thirds innings pitched. 114 strikeouts in 107 innings last year. Again, a guy that the ball changed really helped. Gave up 39 combined home runs over 2017 and 2018. Just 10 last season. No runs on two hits, eight strikeouts in his 2020 debut. Ku Chang Mo of NC. Not only is he a guy to watch in this league, I think down the line, he's a guy that makes that transition over to Major League Baseball. So I would keep a very close eye on him for the NC Dinos. And the NC Dinos, at the top of their rotation, they are stacked with Drew Rasinski, Mike Wright, and Ku Chang Mo. NC is going to win a lot of games with those three guys on the mound, probably a lot of overs in those three types of games as well. So again, the five domestic pitchers to watch here, Choi Wan Tae for Kiwum, Lee Young Ha for Doosan, Bei Ji Seong for KT, So Jun Wan for the Lotta Giants, then finally Ku Chang Mo for NC. All right, some quick market observations here. With some things I kind of picked up on, uh, looking over at Odds Portal, at the lines from Pinnacle. Uh, so these are Pinnacle lines, not available to anybody in North America that wasn't grandfathered in when Pinnacle stopped accepting U.S. players. But we saw a total crash down on Tuesday between Jeff Brigham and Yang Hyun Jong. Now, Yang is one of the best domestic pitchers in this league. So he will see his totals come down. You will see money on him. 
in his starts. Uh, so that was Kiwoom and Kia in that one. Yang will be a guy that the market will like. Brigham, obviously a foreign pitcher. The market will like him as well. That total came down. It was a loser, but expect to see total movements down or market adjustments on those two guys. We saw some SK money come in on Nick Kingham in that game against Warwick Sawpold. Sawpold throws that complete game shutout. Money will come in on Kingham a lot. Under money came in as well. That was also a winner. That was the bet that I had on that game for opening day. Kingham will take a lot of money, whether it's on his side or on his unders here in this league. Lots of money coming in throughout the week in their three games. A bad team that does seem improved. Again, early season underdog money typically comes in in Major League Baseball as well. And we see that here with the Giants in the KBO. NC Dino's money came in on Drew Rasinski in that one against Back Young Hyun. Uh, that was a winner for the Dinos who did end up with the sweep there in that series. Again, money will come in on the Dinos on their front three starters, Rasinski, Wright, and Koo. Wednesday, we saw some Kia underdog money. That was Aaron Brooks making his KBO debut against Kiwoom and Eric Jokic. Uh, Kiwoom won it off the bullpen there, so the Kia underdog money didn't come in, but they were certainly in a position to win that game, and it does look like Aaron Brooks will fit in very nicely here in the KBO. So more lot of money come in on Wednesday. Uh, that was against uh, William Cuevas. Zip's projections from Dan Simborski over at Fangraphs are very low on KT. They are a very young team. They were a 500 team last year, but projections on KT are pretty low. They look to be a fade team in the market here. There's a little bit of a fade of them on Thursday as well. Uh, but, you know, again, uh, I think KT is just a team that people are looking to bet against here early on in the season. More Dino's money on Wednesday. Samsung looks to be maybe a little bit of a fade. That was Mike Wright and Ben Lively, two foreign pitchers in that one. The Dinos look to be a buy team. Samsung looks to be a fade team. So right now in the market, the Giants and the Dinos are the buy teams. KT and Samsung, the Lions, are the fade teams based on what we've seen so far. Thursday, Kiwum took favorite money and run line money with Choi Wante against Lee Min Wu. Wu is a fade guy as long as he's starting. Kiwum put up a four spot in the first inning, didn't score after that, and then Kia coming back off the bullpen in that one. Like I said, less of a fade on KT on Thursday. Uh, they were in position to win the game, but the bullpen faltered. Once again, that was by guy Bei Ji Seong in that start for KT, who right now, maybe the only guy in that KT rotation I'd be really excited to go ahead and bet on. We saw heavy deuce on money come in with Chris Flexen against Young Chan Hyun in that deuce on game on Thursday. Expect to see line moves of consequence. Any game with a foreign starter against a domestic starter, we will see line moves come in on that foreign pitcher. Finally, on Thursday, over money came in in the Hanwha versus SK game, two domestic starters, 28 hits in that ball game. I think it ended 8-4. to four. Uh, There were a lot more run scoring opportunities. Again, six double plays in that game to limit run scoring. Two domestic starters you will see over money hit the board with those pitching matchups. So if you've got two domestic guys and they're not the buy guys that I've named on this show, those are guys that you probably want to look to bet the over with 
as we go throughout the KBO season here. And if you want my notes to the betters box, I know we're going to have some new listeners here on today's show. Adam at bangthebook.com is one way to get them. Skatingtripods at gmail.com is another way. And then hit me up on Twitter at skatingtripods with your email address. I will add you to the list for the betters box show notes. And since I'm doing actual games now, I will be making sure to send those notes out on the day of the show. So Adam at bangthebook.com, skatingtripods at gmail.com, at skatingtripods on Twitter to get on the note or on the list for the notes for the betters box. So we head on into the weekend here with a new round of series. We've got Hanwa versus Kiwoom, Kia versus Samsung, KT versus Doosan, LG versus NC, and SK versus Lotta. As I mentioned, back ends of the rotations now. Only four foreign pitchers who are in Korea right now have not pitched. Casey Kelly and Tyler Wilson of LG, Chad Bell of Hanwa, Drew Gagnon of Kia. Adrian Sampson is on a roster, but he's tending to his sick father. Uh, he pitches for the Lotta Giants. We'll see when he gets over there, but only four guys on the active roster right now, unless there's an injury that I don't know of, um, have not pitched among the foreign crop of pitchers here. Again, back ends of the rotations, domestic starters, expect nine and a half totals, expect a 10 or two, especially after Thursday. All five games go over on Thursday. Most of the really good foreign pitchers had already pitched. So we will see scoring go up with the back ends of these rotations. And like I said, it looks like home runs may be up a little bit here as well. SK struggled with Hanwa in that first series. Lotta's become a buy team for a lot of people out there in the market. SK and Lotta play each other here this weekend. Curious to see what happens with those lines, how the Giants are priced, given that they were such a bad team last year, and they're off to such a good start here for this year. LG has pretty good offensive personnel. Now they're going to a hitter's park with NC. Do like overs a little bit there. NC now with the back of their rotation, their three best starters have passed. If LG doesn't throw their foreign guys, I like the over in the first two games there. If they do throw their foreign guys, I will be looking to back LG. I don't think I'll get plus money prices, but I will be looking to back LG if Kelly and Wilson go up against the back of the rotation guys for NC here in this series. Finally, I think KT will once again struggle in their series here. They take on Doosan this weekend. A big separator of good and bad pitching staffs is depth. Doosan last year, second in ERA, first in whip. KT was sixth in both ERA and whip. The front of the KT rotation already not very good. I can't imagine the back end is either. Doosan with the better bullpen between the two teams. I think Doosan has some success here this weekend against KT. Once again, Adam at bangthebook.com via email, skatingtripods at gmail.com via email, or you've got at skatingtripods on Twitter to get on the list here for the Better's Box notes. And the Better's Box, of course, has now become a KBO podcast. We'll be back on the air on Monday with another edition of the Better's Box talking more KBO. Check out the UFC 249 preview over at bangthebook.com and the preview for this weekend's turf event at Gulfstream. The name escapes me right now. We'll be covering a lot of stuff over at bangthebook.com as we start to return to normal a little bit, and here on the Betters Box and on Bang the Book Radio.
That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And remember that you will never strike out when you're in the betters box.